Hey guys, what is up and welcome back to the show. Now there are multiple things that I'm going to address in this episode to start off with. So the first thing is, is this is the first episode since the third and what is going to be the final podcast name change. It is now all eyes on sports and the, there's two reasons for that. One of them is, well, it's two reasons for the same reason. So there are like at least 50 to 100 podcasts at least that are named something along the lines of Fast Sports Talk. And so I felt like that I need to change the name for two reasons, because one of them is that my podcast will never grow if there's hundreds of other podcasts with the exact same name. And more importantly, I wanted to have, I wanted to kind of change it to a most unique podcast name as possible. And I didn't really see any other podcast names called All Eyes on Sports. Um, and the other thing is, is I'm sorry that this podcast is coming out after the, the Collins-Barty final. I'll share some words on that match too. Um, but so I, I live on the U.S. East Coast. And so it said Saturday, 12 a.m. And so I thought it meant Saturday night, but obviously 12 a.m. is the next day. So it had to say Sunday, 12 a.m. to be quote unquote Saturday night. And so it really totally threw me off. So really it meant Friday night, but then 12 a.m., which is Saturday. So the time just totally threw me off. So I thought the final was today or tonight, really. And so I'm sorry for not having a preview of that match. That's the reason why, because I just like totally messed up the timing. And, you know, one thing that was cool to see, I watched the trophy ceremony this morning. Uh, the excitement from even one of the greatest champions right now, Ash Barty, uh, when Yvonne Gulagon came out and presented uh, the Danielle Collins and Ashley Barty with the trophies. Um, and it, it what made it what made it so much better. It didn't even seem like Barty knew that she was hap- it, it was happening. It almost seemed like a predetermined thing. Like, whoa, Barty is our our champion here in Australia, and if she's out here making the finals or winning the tournament, we gotta bring her her idol, right? <laughs> But yeah, that, that, that's what happened. And But anyway, so I'll share a few words on that match. And then the main bulk of this episode is I'm going to be uh, previewing the Nadal versus Medvedev final, which is Sunday at 3.30 a.m. on the East Coast, which is 3 p.m., 6 p.m. What's that? 3. 3 3.30 a.m., but then 3.30 p.m. And then 6.30? 6.30 sounds about right for the men's. Um... 6.30 a.m. in Australia. Um, but yeah, that's what we're talking about. I'm going to be previewing it, stats, that type of thing. Pick, maybe picking a winner. Or not maybe, I am picking a winner. It's not a prediction if I don't pick the winner. Um, but anyways, we are going to be doing all that coming up on today's show. Alright, hey guys, how is it going? Uh <clears throat> It is 9.06 a.m., uh, and we are talking this first part of Nadal versus Medvedev in the final. So this final is this. It's tomorrow at 3.30 a.m. Eastern time, at least. I don't know where you live. I doubt I'll be awake for it, but I'll watch whatever's left or a repeat. You know. Anyways, Nadal is appearing in his 28th major final, while this is Medvedev's third. I believe at least... Because as far as I can remember, I believe at least, because as far as I can remember, 
the 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 final where he won the U.S. Open and the final at the 2021 Aussie Open, um, and then now this year's Aussie Open. I believe that's three. To be completely honest, um, it, if you're a Rafa fan, uh, I while people knew and I knew as well, he was getting back into form after winning three matches and winning that 250 event. I can't necessarily really say, or and even Nadal fans can't really expect to say expect him to get here and really he didn't really have that many had have really that much trouble except for Shapovalov in the quarterfinals um and then he got it done in four against a very very good top 10 Berrettini and while I think Berrettini is one of the best in the world right now I think experience can is still getting to him later uh in in majors we saw it happen at Wimbledon when he won the first set against Djokovic and then uh didn't really stand a chance afterwards now, whether that was just Djokovic getting warmed up or what, we don't know. Um, but anyways, that foot, sh- put foot issue put him out and being out for so long. It is kind of just exciting as a general tennis fan to see him here because because if he's able to make it to the final of this Australian Open, and even especially if he wins it and gets that 21st major, uh, you can just say the best. It's exciting because you can just say the best is yet to come this season for him assuming he can stay injury-free, knock on wood. Um, and you can say no Djokovic if you really, really want to, but in my opinion, you don't follow the rules, you don't get to play. Is is that not self-explanatory? The, the rule is you get vaccinated, but then he got the medical exemption, and then his visa was having issues. So I can't really say I feel, I feel bad for him. I don't. Um, but... That if he if according to the new rules that that the his vaccination status can put him in into the dust at, at the French Open, which really can put Nadal in the driver's seat there as well. I mean, while he's always in the driver's seat on clay, no matter when he's playing, whether he's played a lot or not, um, no matter who else is in the draw either, he's always in the driver's seat there. But this just puts him even farther ahead, and just foreshadowing. There's no way he's not going to be the favorite there, if Djokovic is gone. For Medvedev, this is the third time uh, in a major final. I think I mentioned that already. Maybe the fourth time if I'm wrong. Um, I I think third, but whatever. (laughs) Also, a win at the 2020 ATP. For him, he's had a win at the 2020 ATP finals um, when uh, and he had a win against Nadal in that match. Um, and that was on hard courts as well, which can kind of play in because obviously hard courts is not Nadal's best surface. Surface, but not really any setbacks for Daniil. Um, he stopped Djokovic from his Golden Quest or Calendar Slam or whatever you want to call it last year, and also that was his first major title in his young career. And in my opinion, he's the number one once the big three clears out. He's already kind of proven it a little bit. He's already got a Grand Slam, and he got a Grand Slam against a straight sets win over a Djokovic who had won the previous three slams. So you already know he's coming in as a heavy favorite uh, in a tournament like that. But but Medvedev is kind of able to defy that. And he's also been number two for a good amount of time right now. Just, all, just has been chilling behind Djokovic. Um, and it could even... And, it kind of is it sooner rather than later that he becomes number one because because with Djokovic being out, uh, he could really kind of move into the driver's seat into number one with with 
Djokovic because he's going to be losing points that he needs to defend if he can't if he's unable to play, and he if he can't really play in the Grand Slams, there's not really a big point grabs that he's going to be able to come at because just think about it if if Djokovic um can't play in the French Open, he won it last year, so that's like two thousand points he's losing, and 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 say Nadal or Medvedev wins wins that uh that that could really that could put his number one and kind of put him in issues um but anyways so for Medvedev he's all the way up to number two already uh probably the next number one and already a grand slam under his belt going for a second one um but now let's talk about how did both of them get here um for Nadal he obviously had that foot problem, but he did he did a tune up to get back into the swing of things, um, and obviously I don't we don't usually see Nadal play 250 events, but he did it in a situation which I kind of like, uh, play a lower level tournament so he can get some confidence and get back into the groove and get some wind, because although someone like him he doesn't usually take or he doesn't really play 250s that often, for having that foot injury, no matter who he plays, getting straight sets wins is something that gives him, that has to give him confidence. It gives fans confidence. Um, he had a bye in the in the first round as the one seed in that tournament and had one walkover, but other than that, three good straight sets wins that definitely set him up well for the Australian Open, and especially that win against Maxime Cressy, who is an unorthodox game but he's able to apply it very, very well. He even made it to the fourth round of this year's Australian Open and taking Medvedev to four. And those sets were at least 6-4. Like, three of them went to, like, 7-5 or whatever. Um, for his Aussie Open matches, he beat Giron and Hampman uh, in straight sets and wins in four against Kachinov and then Manorino in straights. He beat Shapovalov in five, really in Shapovalov in five, and really digging a hole into Shapovalov's brain almost unintentionally. And now, people would say that Nadal might have been trying to game it a little bit, but he was really doing everything that he usually does in his matches. Um, so, I I don't know for sure. And whether or not you think Nadal was doing anything wrong, Shapovalov really just, in playing in a three out of five against someone like Nadal or Federer or Djokovic or whatever like that, they're already going to be a little bit favored. And um, you really can't get those little things in your head in a match like that if you're trying to win win that. Um, and then he beat Berrettini in four, and which is something which is a very, very good sign. And many people thought, including myself, that that might have been closer, maybe a five-setter after beating Monfils, which Monfils has really been playing well this season. He's really done a good job of bouncing back from his relatively poor 2021, not pretty poor, uh, especially for someone of his caliber. Um, but Berrettini's inexperience still kind of shows because he's going to be one of the best players in the world for years. Um, but he showed he showed it in Wimbledon his maybe lack of experience or playing under pressure, and he kind of maybe showed it a little bit here as well. And on the other side for Medvedev, Medvedev's road was um, definitely a bit tougher. He beat Laxon in easily in the first round, but then he had Kyrgios in the second round. And uh, I remember you had Brody complaining about Kyrgios in the, in the first round about the crowd, and and so it, and so Medvedev did following his second round match with Nick Kyrgios. 
And even with Nick Kyrgios being a wild card into the tournament and even in a wild card on the court with his attitude and all that, I mean, this is really the tournament where you're not going to see him throw many tantrums or get off like you sometimes see him do. This is where he holds himself together the whole time and the most because this is where the fans love him and where and where he wants to win the most because he's at home. Um, he beat Van de Sandshop easily and then easily be, and then not easily, but and then he beat a Maxime Cressy whose form has been very, very high lately. Now I know you'll tell me that he should have won that easily in three sets, and it's a little concerning that he didn't if he's trying to beat Nadal in a final, but I don't see any problem with that going to four, especially considering Maxime Cressy's unorthodox game and how well he has been playing recently. Um and to be completely honest, before this year I had no idea who Maxime Cressy was. Um, and if that's a, gr- a disgrace, I'm sorry. Um, but then he came back from two sets down against Felix Auger Alisim and then beat Sitsipas in four sets. Um, and it, it's kind of good to see because you remember last year here at the Australian Open when Medvedev's attitude just flew out the window in the final against Djokovic. He lost the first set like 7-6, and he's like throwing his rackets like, dude, what are you doing? You have a chance to still win this. It's not like you lost 6-0. Um, and Kim coming back from two sets down to a top 10 player, or at least I think he's top 10. It might be number 11. Player like Felix Alja Aliassime is definitely promising to see because um, that means he's able to hold himself together and push through the whole entire time. Um, okay, and finally, down to the prediction for this match. Um, keep in mind for the start of the for the start uh, from the beginning uh, that Nadal is five and one against Medvedev. Although I, I don't think Medvedev uh, would be too mad if he was only two and five, but came away with a major out of it. Anyways, the FanDuel odds currently sit at minus one eight six for Medvedev as the favorite to win this tournament or this match. The first thing I, I'm going to say, I'm not sure if it was pressure or the big moment or what, but going back to that frustration in last year's final, you cannot do that against Nadal. You cannot do that against anyone and expect to win. He broke like four rackets in the second set alone, and whether he broke more, I am not sure. Um, and against Nadal, who doesn't really even get that frustrated in the first place, it cannot be a win He's never going to win if he spirals out of control like last year's final. Although now, with a major win under his belt and more matches in bigger stages, I'm not so worried about that anymore. You know, the other thing is that makes this an interesting match. Oh, sorry. I do not think that they've played at a humongous stage except for the... Well, yeah, they have. Uh, They played in the 2020 HP Finals uh, and the U.S. Open Final in 2019, I think... Medvedev won the one at the ATP Finals, or the Masters, or whatever. The end of the year, Nadal ATP Finals. Yeah, ATP Finals. Um, and Nadal beat him in five at the U.S. Open in 2019, and that and that puts it in a bigger predicament because I think those are their two recent, most recent matches, and they're both on hard court, and that's one and one. And I think Medvedev is a different player now than he was two years ago, and he's gotten his attitude way more under control. And, and just gotten better all around. Um, I think I said it already this episode, but he is the number one once the top quote-unquote past-generation players 
like Roger Federer, Novak, Nadal clear out. Uh, he's going to be the number one in the world for a while. Um, I believe, and, and the other thing that makes this interesting is, and this is the battle of a new generation and an old generation. And you know Medvedev is vying to get a rematch with Nadal at this big of a stage, like like he had a chance to win the 2019 uh, uh, U.S. Open against Nadal. Couldn't get it done. He came back from two sets down, I'm pretty sure. Uh, lost in the fifth. And uh, even with Nadal going out with his foot issue, that could have ended his career, but it didn't, which is a good thing. Um, knock on wood, he comes back better than ever, or stays back. Um, and he's 9-0 and this season, looking as fresh as he possibly could be. And as if you're a Rafa fan, I mean, no one really... You can't really not like Rafa at any point based off his personality. You, you got to be excited to see him here. And Medvedev is also playing some of the best tennis uh, of his career right now. One that obviously won the U.S. Open. And since I believe that this is going to be a long, close five-setter, the player that that executes their game the best, their game plans the best, makes adjustments accordingly when they lose a game, go down a break, lose a set, and makes their put-away shots more. When they get an opportunity, they're really going to need to grasp it with two hands and take it. Because otherwise, if they don't, if they play too tentative or laid back, they they won't, and they don't execute on their opportunities, then it'll easily go the other way. Um, and and don't forget about those break point chances. Um, and don't uh, also Nadal is 0-4 in the finals here since 2009, and looking to become the champ again for the second time in his career. Um, he's looking to change the tide of that 0-4 record. Um, and Medvedev is also looking to change the course at, at the Australian Open because of his abysmal performance last year, at least in my opinion. I believe that Nadal will defy the bookie odds and win this in five. He's playing some of his best tennis lately and honestly surprising me a little bit. He's making his crazy spin shots, saving those break points, and playing very, very well. If he's able to save the break points and hold his serve pretty easily... He's one of the best break-back players in tennis. And he's going to, and not to mention Medvedev is a great returner as well. He's going to, and should he live up to that, he he's going to be winning this Australian Open. And that's, and he said that, um, that winning the second Australian Open is going to be more important to him than the 21st major. So that, that leads you to believe also he's going to do everything he can to win, which he does on a regular basis. But, um, sorry, my computer turned off, so I thought the recording had stopped, but it didn't. Um, so he's going to do everything he can to win. Like, I'm not saying he doesn't always do that, because he does. He's probably one of the best players you can use as an example of that. Um, but it's going to be a very, very close five-setter. While over the course of the next five or so years, Medvedev may be better, and he will be the best player in ten years, maybe, or whatever. Uh, but not at this moment. It's going to be as close as it gets, though. I think that, obviously, it's the final, but I think that this is going to be one of the most highly anticipated matches of this year's Men's Australian Open, and it's going to be one of the best matches of this year's Australian Open. Um, Medvedev um, beat Djokovic in that last U.S. Open, and he's going to want to try to stop Nadal from doing that, and I think that they both have a lot to play for. Uh, Nadal going for history, although he doesn't, he said, and I believe it, he doesn't really care too much about that. He just happened to be back playing tennis. Um, and uh, Medvedev looking for that second Grand Slam and winning two majors against two of the big three. Um, 
and I'm currently leaning towards Nadal, but it is very 50-50, and it could go either way, but I think Nadal's going to win pretty slightly in five.